everyone. How are you today? Happy Monday. Welcome to the third episode of Maya's Music Motive. I hope everyone had a great holiday week this past week or two weeks from now and just have a great intro to the holiday season. Of course, I hope you're staying fresh and cool and fly and groovy like I always say. Uh, Just starting everything off, I just want to once again express all of my gratitude and all of my thanks to everyone that's listening. The podcast has had such a great introduction all over the country, a little bit of other places in the world, which has been absolutely amazing and crazy to think about. Another thing that I just want to do, like a brief announcement, just keep sharing with your friends, keep sharing on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. I'm also available on a couple distributors like iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. So if you have a friend, a family member, another person that's aspiring to get into entertainment or music, just feel free to share with them. All of the love that goes back to me helps me develop this podcast and really turn it into something that I can do more regularly so if you love the motive and want to hear the motive more often keep supporting the motive um and that's really just my main thing for that I have a really incredible motive today it's something that I'm very new to but I'm just so excited about and really excited to share with you guys and really share with my guests so I'm just gonna jump right into my very lovely incredible guest Mr. Spencer Haynes let's give hey, it y'all. up for Spencer how's it going hello thank you so much for being here and of course. Be- being on the motive well thanks but- for having me of course and one thing like before we get into you I just want to like give a brief introduction a brief like set the tone uh, Spencer is a current bandier student which is the music industry music business program at the Newhouse School at Syracuse University one of the best in the country so he knows his stuff he's allegedly. also allegedly <laughs> he's also a <laughs> producer um, a very successful podcast producer so I feel very fortunate to have him with me and he is an enthusiast on this space and scene that we are going to unpack today so Spencer if you just want to introduce yourself to the people share a little bit about yourself yeah so my name is Spencer Haynes I'm originally from Maplewood New Jersey um, but up in Syracuse New York going to school here for music business in the entertainment industry I originally probably got interested in the entertainment industry through production and making beats and stuff, but that's kind of taken a backseat, um, and I'm kind of focused more on the business side, really into A&R, um, and the more management side. Um, I've you know done a couple of internships. I worked at a music technology company doing an internship at Splice, and then I've also worked at a couple of management companies um, along the way, too. Um, I'm currently a junior. You know, I'm hyper-pop enthusiast, and I'm excited to... Uh, to hopefully teach some some people about a, an interesting upcoming scene. Yeah, so shout out to Spencer. Congratulations on so much success in your career so far. Like you're already doing crazy things and Splice is a great company and really changes some things in the industry. So that's really cool to hear. And I am going to, now that we've introduced you, I, I'm ready to get into this motive. Should we get into let's it? Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. Well... Frankly, just being very honest and (laughs) very vulnerable, like I am sad to say that I haven't learned about this earlier. Um, I really heard about this motive first when I moved up to Syracuse to start graduate school and a couple classmates I had kept talking about the genre of music and they kept it it, it was a genre pop, but also something that I just never heard before, like kind of like K-pop, but it was just never in my stratosphere. And I was thinking of a way to really introduce it to you guys. And then I got a text sent to me by my friend Matt. Matt, if you're listening, hello. And it was a tweet by the amazing singer and songwriter and diva, Charlie XCX, that she tweeted during last year's quarantine that, like, just simply stated, what is hyperpop? And... (laughs) 
it was funny because like those that know um she's one of the primary hyper pop artists and the response is like that's you girl like that's that's what yeah. you do but <laughs> you are hyper pop and you Charlie. she is but i think that's really how i feel right now and just like the last couple of months hearing about it so much like in the class like in in the syracuse like in community with my friends is i'm like what is hyper pop and why does everyone keep talking about it and why don't i know about it and this is like my craft in my field and I'm you know I love studying this stuff so that's why I chose the motive because I want to have times where I really am just like asking people questions and like learning right along with you guys so the the motive is hyper pop and we're gonna get into it and you're gonna learn a lot of really interesting stuff um with me and Spencer's gonna help us really sort of dissect everything that's going on in the scene so Spencer, if you want to kind of give an introduction of like how Hyperpop came to be, where it originally came from, and yeah, just of course, where we um, are now. So, like any other music scene, like it's it's sometimes it's difficult to pinpoint like exactly where something came from, and it's, some people argue, but it's, but I would say it started around in the in the mid two thousand tens. But back then, it was more popular popularly referred to as um, PC Music. PC Music is a label that was started by producer A. G. Cook. Um, as like an exaggerated, almost sometimes ironic take on what pop music was during the time. Some of the earliest um, artists on the roster and MVPs of that time were A.G. Cook himself, artists like Hannah Diamond, Girlfriend of the Year, Easy Fun, um, and the late Sophie, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, and they took their own take on pop consisting of, you know, elements such as high-pitched vocals, um, bubblegum dance pop, and uh, eventually grew a cult following on SoundCloud. Um, and then over time, they would influence mainstream artists like Carly Rae Jepsen, Madonna, and then, of course, Charlie XCX, um, eventually leading to Cook being announced as Charlie's creative director in 2016 and kind of pushing the PC music side of hyperpop um, a little bit further into the ma- mainstream. And then with Charlie and others adopting the new retro futuristic sound, um, it would kind of break into the mainstream. And what kind of I say that mainstream because um, there's they weren't there, there, there yet. I wouldn't yeah. say, you know... Charlie XCX is a mainstream artist, but as far as like the word and the terminology hyperpop, um, I wouldn't say that that's that really came into the mainstream until more recently. Um, eventually, we would see X popping up similar to the PC music sound, like most popularly 100 Gex, which really had a moment um, back in 2020. Guppy, Slater, artists like Dorian Electra, Rina Sawayama, among others, on um, the hyperpop playlist which is Spotify, um, which was started by Spotify in 2019, began as a direct response to the popularity of 100 Gex, um, Viral Rise, and their debut album, 1000 Gex. Um, And the fact, uh, I think this is one of the quotes from um, the person and one of the creative directors at Spotify um, that really sums up um, what the movement was like. Um, And so a quote by Lizzie Sabo says, the fact that so many people we're talking about this project inspired us to look deeper and see if there were other artists making music like this that we didn't know about. Um, in an interview with New York Times, um, she said that. And close to 80% of the playlist currently features songs are independently released musicians, which I think are su- super interesting. It's still a super in- independent um, like bedroom-style producer movement, and because of high levels of engagement, the playlist um, has a significant impact on artist's career. Like right now, I mean, I can go check on Spotify. There's still not a ton of followers on the playlist, but I think it's interesting that this small movement, I mean, yeah, it only has 249,000 likes, which sounds like a lot, but really compared to, you know, other playlists like Rap Caviar and, you know, yeah. stuff like that, it's, it's really not that popular, but it's really affecting culture. 
and really seeping into the majority of popular music. So I think that's a decent idea. And as far as like the sound of hyper pop, it's super hard to explain. <laughs> but it's it's like I know it when I see it. Like when you yeah. when you listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, this is hyper pop. Whether it's like the glitchy bass and the pitched up vocals or it's just kind of a vibe, the blaring bass to the point of distortion that you're like, what is this? It can be super jarring listening to hyper pop and it's I can kind of almost describe it as a as an acquired taste at times. But like anything like wine, like cheese, it can be some of the sweetest acquired tastes, in my opinion. <laughs> I think that's a great introduction and just a really holistic way to describe it. Um, when I because I for my research, I started listening to some artists and like watching videos and really kind of getting an idea of what these artists are creating. And I was texting a friend in the way I said, I was like, this is just a melting pot of so many different things. Like, it reminds me of so many different things. Like, it reminds me of, like, synth pop in the 80s meets, like, 2000s meets, like, sad Tumblr angst from, the like, the 2010s on acid, possibly. But it, I, at first I was a little startled, to be <laughs> yeah. honest, because I'm very much, like, an R&B girl, very, like, low vibration in my music. But when I listen, I was like, I'm startled, but I'm also equally intrigued, and I'm also entertained at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's... it's- interesting because i like uh, i would describe hyper pop as a genre as kind of like kind of like coffee it's like the first time you drink coffee when you're like you know 10 your mom lets you have a sip you're like what the what's this this is disgusting (laughs) and then slowly you get a little bit more you try it back and now you need coffee you need it to survive you're addicted to it and and almost anything else any other type of music because just kind of sounds bland to you um and suddenly you're part of this small little cult that appreciates this very niche type of music and going into like the niche and the sort of culty and community of hyperpop, one thing that I noticed when I was looking everything up is that really it got a lot of traction from a lot of like user generated content, mostly from like TikTok and yeah. Discord. And you were talking about Discord in one of our classes and how that really helped bring the community together. People collaborate on there together, like make beats and record things. So if you wanted to talk about that a little bit, I think yeah. that'd be really cool to hear. I, I think the the hyperpop community is very young. Um, right. it, it's of course there's some older artists, but like some of the biggest artists like like Glaive, like Camo, like Eric Doa, really grew up in an internet era and grew up like online. Um, and I think you can hear that in their music, where there's really no like geographical scene to hyperpop. It's kind of just one homogenation of like different internet cultures that combine together. Um, and you know you can still see on Discord a lot of these songs. Are made on discord and there's really a, a community and idea that if you're making good music collaboration is really is really a part of that um and there's no like there's very little like ego to it there's like oh you don't have enough monthly streamers i'm not going to collaborate with you if you have good right. music i mean there's artists that collab together that you know are on completely different parts of their career but you know making good music people recognize that and i think that's really interesting i mean it's it's such an interesting thing because it's a whole new wave of music that has an energy and like creative hustle that hasn't been seen um, on the internet. I feel like in ages, it's similar to like early YouTube, right. that time period when things would like go viral and felt DIY and human, um, that weren't as polished and a little bit rough around the edges. But that rough around the edges makes it feel more personal. It feels like oh, I could do this. It really feels like some kid is actually making it in his in his bedroom and um, yeah their own personal gear to adapt easily to the world around them. And they're kind of able to express their emotions easily through their music. I definitely agree with that. Just kind of like finding some content of like people making things. It it sort of reminded me on a completely 
more diverse levels like watching videos like Do- Doja Cat when she first started making beats on right. Instagram Live and just seeing so much raw talent be put together to create something that is really it almost feels like it has its own visual and has its own like dream fever dream like illustration like when I hear the music I feel like it's it's easy to see like what this was look like but it's also something that I've never imagined before um but we've been referencing all of these different people and all these artists and I would just like to take a few minutes to sort of highlight these art- artists specifically yeah definitely because they're all so different but they all the thing they have in common is sort of this community that listens to them exactly and, and the PC music being an inspiration but there there's so many people that I've listened to in a short amount of time and I I have so many new people that I need to listen to further um I think I just want to start with some that are more like general mainstream pop artists like Charlie XCX. Yeah, definitely. Kim Petras, uh, the late Sophie R.I.P. as you said. Rina Sawayama, which who I love. I did really didn't know that was actually like align with hyper pop and it's yeah i mean it's it's i like to say hyper pop adjacent okay <laughs> definitely you know inspired by but what is what is a genre anyways right it's yeah. like <laughs> you can you can have it's more of a more of a movement and more of a scene it's so hard to describe because it's like you can listen to i don't know like a glaive song or listen to like i don't know an eric doa song or listen to like an umru song and be like well this is not this can't be the same genre of music but right. i mean it definitely has some some of the similar DNA if you go back the blaring bass the that kind of like metallic snare sound that you hear like you're slamming on like a a trash can or something. Yeah, <laughs> I also really like the repetitiveness of her lyrics. It's really catchy. Yeah, because at first it, it's it's not off putting I would say, but it's definitely something that's a little bit drastic or unusual at least to what I typically listen to. But when I hear the lyrics, it's like okay, like. I can see myself listening to this because it's something that I could like play in the background and get more familiar with. Plus, like I just love Charlie XCX as a songwriter. The Absolutely. way she's able to write things, like write the hook to Fancy with Iggy Azalea in like 20 minutes. It's like that's you can't deny the genius of her and her talent. Yeah. So, and I, I think that like that super catchy hook that like that gets stuck in your head is so integral to kind of this like the PC music side of hyper pop, like all the almost all of the great like i feel like 100 gex is like that too like hand crushed by a mallet stuff like like that song the the choruses are so simple and the melodies are like not complex at all but there's some genius behind it that you can create a hook create create a melody that just gets stuck in your head forever like you'll never forget that that hook off of claws after the first time you like it after, after the first time you listen to the like i like i like i like yeah. everything about you i like i like i like like it's it's so good I'm sorry. Hard to describe it other than say that it's it's like ear candy. I think that's the best way to call it is like ear candy. It's very sweet, very bubbly, like bubblegum. But uh, going off of Charlie, thank you for sharing that. Another artist that's newer but just getting a lot of traction and definitely a name that kept popping up when I was doing my research is Glaive. Yes. Glaive, uh, for those that don't know, is a 16-year-old artist. The golden child. The I don't golden know, I think child. he's 17 now. The golden 17? child of hyperpop. Okay, we'll call him the golden child of hyperpop from Asheville, North Carolina, who yep. started making music in his home, in his bedroom, and would like go to school and then go home and make music. And actually just got a recording deal for two EPs with Interscope. So yep. now he's signed. But yeah, if you just want to talk about him a little bit too, he's I mean, yeah. super I mean, cool. Glaive, Glaive is like the supreme example of a kid that grew up eternally online and has kind of like formed his music taste based on, you know, lots of different elements. Um, but, you know, he's he's he does a lot of his own production. He's His vocals, or I think he's one of those other artists that just has an innate gift for writing 
good hooks and good melodies. Um, and at a young age, he has so much, he has so much skill and he has so much potential um, going forward, not just in the hyper pop space, but transitioning, you know, even even more pop stuff, even more rock oriented stuff. He's 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 just a golden child, and I would say he's. His like supremely focused um, approach to his music itself, his careful passion for both his close contemporaries and their own ventures, and most prominently his active, honest, and internally entertaining presence. Yeah, he has online. I don't know. I feel like a lot of these artists' um, social media presence are very interesting, and that's a lot of the personality of their music comes out through their social media. Like I remember, I don't know. <laughs> a couple moments he got his like whatever multi-million dollar record deal with Interscope and then he's like posting on his Instagram like yo help me out with my math homework <laughs> like can someone solve these multifunction equations for me please right like th- it's just there's something so innocent about it that I that was super interesting to me he definitely reminds me of a vi- he's just very approachable and feels very familiar like I think an artist I used to say about that, that about all the time was like Bruno Mars like I feel like he was definitely someone that seems like a friend that you would have that's very goofy or like a next door neighbor that just happens to sing. He's He gave a very um, familiar vibe when like he first came out in like 2010. And even though I really couldn't identify with Glaive as a person in terms of relating to him right. demographically. As I just a 17 year old white boy from yeah. <laughs> North Carolina. Like I think that's like someone that would be down the street from me that happens to make music and is still in high school. And it's it's really cool to see when someone's still kind of maintaining a normal lifestyle but also having such crazy things happen to him on yeah. The internet yeah i mean and, and and a lot of these artists i feel like glay i mean there's definitely a couple artists but glave and eric dua have been some of the first artists to kind of like break a little bit into like the la scene and they've been doing sessions with bigger artists and you know they have songs probably coming out with some some a lot more major mainstream artists so should be interesting to see what 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 glave has going on for the next year and you know he already has his two with cypress um Cypress Grove? Yeah, Cypress Grove. No, that's a single. Well, with All Dogs Go to Heaven, yeah. And then Then I'll Be Happy. Was that the two EPs? Anyways, I think he's done with his two EP deal. I'm not exactly okay. sure. But he's definitely got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up. And I'm, I'm excited to see. He's so young. There's so much potential here. Yeah. And it's it's uh, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, I have a difficult question for you, and if you can't answer, I fully respect it. But seeing that like you're you're very much in entrenched in it, have been listening to this for a while. Like, who do you think? I'll say, who do you think is your current favorite artist or a couple of artists in hyperpop? And then who's an artist that you're really excited to see grow into their success and collaborate with bigger artists? Like, I think it was Dorian Electra who did a song with Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, just stuff like that. Like, who are you ready to see grow yeah. and who is your big person right now? So, I love Dorian Electra. Dorian Electra is super interesting and that's, like, more of, like, the PC side of music. Um, the more, like, AG Cook right. side. Um, I love that side, but right now, um, I think what's a lot more interesting is more of, like, the, what they would call, like, the digicore side of the scene. So, it's, like, the more Glaive, Eric GOA, more, like, punk, more punk a little bit more pop oriented a little bit more diy Um, one of my favorite artists right now not saying they're diy at all but one of my favorite artists right now is underscores um i just think that their production is on another level and their album from um 2021 called fishmonger is absolutely the best hyper pop album of the year pretty much hands down um they they created just such a such an interesting world with their music and really had a cohesive album that put together lots of ideas um, without being without being kind of all over the place and s- still having 
that that like edge to hyper pop that interesting edge that interesting diy aspect that that we love so much um and the lyrics again the lyrics are so interesting that the yeah. songwriting is amazing and underscores versatility is it's all over the place whatever it's like punk post-punk edm dubstep even their 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 versatility is is unmatched in my opinion that would also explain why so many of these artists are getting a lot of co-signs from artists like Lady Gaga, Skrillex, uh, Madonna, you know, getting into it. Like, because I think people realize that these are like young people are doing their homework and getting inspiration from other genres, but really exactly. reinventing it and turning it into something that's their own. And I think like the co-signs speak for themselves, like even though it's a smaller community and still developing, I think that we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the music business uh, aspect of it first, but just seeing that people are paying attention and people that matter and people that are innovators in each of their genres are really getting an eye on it and trying to get ahead of it early. That really shows that this has full potential, I think to really thrive and really develop. And I think, I think there's this misconception that a lot of these kids are making hyper pop because it's like the easy thing to do. Right, because whatever it's it's low quality, but I feel like that's not true. I feel like they a lot of these kids could transition over to you know pop music, rock music, punk music, and be very successful. And you know we've seen that with a couple of people, but they choose hyperpop and they choose to pursue this career because it's just such an interesting and dynamic scene. And there's there's really no no walls. There's no creative barriers to what they're doing. It's like it's like the new it's like the new punk, right? Right. It's like subverting expectations and doing some weird stuff you know if, if your parents don't like it then that's maybe that's a good sign i mean even like going back to like late 80s because i i can't not relate something to army and hip-hop but even like with rap in the late 70s and going into 80s there was definitely a lot of parents that were concerned about like their children listening like nwa exactly and, like, tupac and even now we consider it classic so it just shows that i feel like every groundbreaking genre always has that sort of danger or sort of like cautiousness with parentals are with people that don't fully understand it so it's definitely a good sign but kind of gravitating into the industry mindset just to keep on the business side of the motive well like i said glaive has signed with interscope and i think did the two aeps and then there's yep. also other artists that are signed like kim petras slater yep. with pc music is uh charlie xcx pc music as well or is she in um, now? that's a good question i'm not i'm not sure okay well, now that there are getting a lot of in- attention from big players, like New York Times did a podcast about this um, on Popcast. I definitely recommend listening to that as well. Billboard did a article on it. Uh, New York Times did a cover on Glaive and then on Osquin, uh, which is yep. another artist as well. Like, it's definitely getting attention and it's definitely kind of having some eyes turned to it. What do you think will be the future of Hyperpop in terms of like commercialization? partnerships with brands like do you think it's going to kind of go a traditional route or is it going to be something that sort of lives on the internet and just thrives off of the genuine the genuality of like it being what it is it's it's hard to tell i mean i think i mean we've seen you know a couple of artists especially like in the pc music side that have had like strong commercial success with like big record deals and yeah and doing and doing big brand partnerships but I think the majority of the of the upcoming hyper pop scene, especially when it comes to young kids and the people that are making music on SoundCloud, is going to stay relatively underground and stay on the internet. Um, I think that we'll definitely have the Eric Dewey's, we'll definitely have the Glaze, we'll definitely have those people that make that big success and have super long careers. But like any other music 
music scene, music genre, mu- music movement, there's always going to be artists um, that maintain their their indie success underground. Um, whether they continue to be signed to these big record deals, I don't know. Um, but I think right now, I don't think it's they're they're going to be continuing doing these big deals, especially because. I mean, commercially, I mean, Glaive and, and Eric DOA and some of these artists like Midwest who have been signed to these big deals, they're, you know, they they have huge, huge success in the underground and they have, you know, they're super, super influential when it comes to like mainstream music. But as far as like commercial success, like Glaive isn't doing a ton of streams right now. He's not making a ton of money. Um, and I think his managers and the people that surround him are trying to push him a little bit more into the pop scene. And he's super versatile. I mean, he could do pretty much anything he wants, but right now, I mean, these artists aren't making a ton of money. Um, So it should be interesting to see which way record labels take this and which way um, they kind of push these artists towards and how they support them or whether it's more just going to be independence or just going to be distribution deals or whether it's just going to maintain independent and they, they do, you know, little artist services stuff. Right. Um, and then along with that, do you think just even though this has happened with other micro genres and, you know, of course, like new music comes from other music. But seeing that hyperpop has been so highly influenced by just the tech communication, like with the quarantine and being able to talk to one another. Do you think it will affect how micro genres are going to be created in the future? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's no surprise that hyperpop and TikTok exploded in a year when most of us were alone in our rooms. Yeah. Right. Like the hyperpop community primarily exists online. Uh, and with many of his artists hailing from like the American suburbs, like Brady and Les from Hundred Gex, um, grew up in like residential Louisville, right? And well, Eric Dewey is from Connecticut, Glaive is from Asheville, North Carolina, um, and it's a far cry from the busy London scene associated with Charlie XCX and AJ right. Cook and like the more traditional PC music side. Um, and it's super interesting because the music has has virtual roots that have given it its tools. Uh, right, it lets it thrive when music and social streams, and during a global den, uh, during a global pandemic. And I think hyperpop is going to continue to exist online, and these kind of like subgenre communities that exist exist on online are only going to going to start growing up. And music is becoming a lot less regional. Yeah. Um, like when you think of you know you think of rap growing up, there was West Coast rap, there was East Coast, New York rap, Chicago rap, you know there's atlanta rap mm-hmm. right there's no like regional side of of hyperpop right and and that kind of speaks to- towards its 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 eternal internet existence i think that's one thing that makes it so powerful though is because like you said with rap there's a lot of regional and even going back to like country there's like memphis sound like texas country north carolina country and this is a genre and then even like with grunge that started in seattle and then went across the u.s like this is something that so many different people of so many backgrounds and gender identities and sexual identities and and nationalities are doing at the same time and their sound is different but also has the same similarities where it's like this is one of the first genres i've seen that almost feels like international and then like a global thing and Definitely. I think that's one, that's something that we probably need as music listeners, sort of something that brings us together. Of course, music listeners love artists and have a commonality in that. But seeing a genre be born and developed across the world, this is I think it's just really powerful. And I have a lot of just respect and appreciation for these for these kids and these adults and these creatives. Um, and then one last question before we close out. Just thinking, because I always like to look into the future, 
do you think that hyperpop will ever receive like a full treatment of maturing into its own genre because if this is what like gen z consumers which of course like advertisers want to reach want to hear like do you think that it'll really kind of gravitate or will it stay underground and just survive and sustain with what it's yeah, doing right now i mean now? it's very difficult to know i think yeah. It's a little bit. It's a, we definitely have a lot more information now than we did about a year ago because hyperpop was blowing up during the pandemic, right? And we didn't have any any physical representation of what hyperpop was. We didn't have any physical representation. Will people actually show up to concerts? Was was the big question, right? Because during the pandemic, all these kids were blowing up. They were getting streams. They were getting internet buzz, TikTok views. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make money, right? What makes right. money for an artist is going on tour. It's selling mm-hmm. out venues. It's doing, and. We've seen that that these artists post pandemic are making money. They're selling out concerts. I mean, I went to a concert, the Overcast and Friends concert in Philadelphia, and it was sold out. The first, I mean, a lot of this is a lot of these artists first con- first concerts. It was Breakins' first concert. It was all I think it was Midwest first. These are like their first legitimate like concerts, and they yeah. sold out a venue that was that was pretty big. I think it was like four thousand cap venue. So if these artists keep selling out venues and like people keep showing up to these shows, then I, I definitely see this genre progressing and, and maintaining and finding its foothold in the mainstream. But also, like we said, genres are not are not like a, a hard barrier. Right. I think right. what more realistically what we'll see is we'll see an artist like, I don't know, Taylor Swift or like an Ariana Grande or like a big female, big, big female pop star do co-production with like a big hyper pop producer or like work on work with hundred gex or something like that and then that project will kind of push fully into the mainstream um and then it'll have its moment in the mainstream maybe we'll get like a billboard hit and then it'll kind of die down and then this little underground scene that exists on the internet will will exist for a very long time but it'll develop right like any musical scene it'll develop it'll continue to evolve its sound it'll continue to release projects it'll continue to find its way and find its way into into uh into the music world but it's impossible to know that's what makes it so interesting it's like i don't know i can't decide it's it's an internet it has a it has a mind of it uh, its own has a it has a life of its own and it's super interesting and to watch a micro genre like this grow up in front of my eyes well i feel enlightened i feel like i'm invited to like a really special club so thank you so much for being here and just for sharing a little bit about hyper pop and introducing it to a lot of people that probably have never even heard of it let alone like received all of this information so i appreciate you very very much and also like to these artists like if you're possibly listening like glaive um slater during what up glaive what's good one and two like just thank you for your creativity and for placing something on the world that's very needed and necessary and for just getting some of us a little bit more hip with what's going on the internet and what's going on in the music world but that that's my motive for today i hope you enjoyed and i hope you come back next time and keep listening but with that i hope you have a great rest of your day listen to some hyper pop today tomorrow and the day after and stay groovy always and have a great rest of your day great (laughs) that's fun